Uh, I am a member here at uh, Kankakee First Church. Uh, if you don't know, I'm a bad member. I'm, I actually am uh, visiting one of our 82 churches we have across the Chicago Central District most every Sunday. But it is an absolute joy to be here today and to uh, have the privilege of sharing in this Advent Sunday with you. Would you join me in prayer as we start today? Lord, you know every person who's here today, the parents who are trying to raise their children, the people who sit in traffic every day and think, the individuals who don't feel they can know anything for sure, people who desperately want something but can't seem to get it, people who need comfort, who in their life right now need a genuine, fresh dose of joy. People who may be listening to the wrong voices, instructing them. People who feel uncertain, who wonder about their future, who feel like life really needs to turn around. Even someone today who may be here and needs their marriage to be saved. There are people who are here today, Jesus, who need God. This Christmas, who need a peace they can see and touch. Help every one of us here today to take the step that we need to take to find that peace in Jesus. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. This is Christmas 2018. If we had been there 2018 years ago, we could have seen him for ourselves. We could have touched him. One of my favorite disciples is the Apostle John. His father was Zebedee. His brother was James. His occupation, he was a fisherman who had left everything to follow Jesus. He was the disciple who Jesus loved. At the cross, Jesus turned to John and he says, John, I want you to take care of my mom. So we know from the New Testament that in those following years, it was the Apostle John who had the responsibility of taking care of Jesus' mother until she died. Can you imagine the conversations the two of them must have had? I'm sure there were many, many long nights that John and Mary talked they talked about what it was like to be with Jesus as he grew up, what it was like to see Jesus, what it was like to touch Jesus. The Apostle John was an eyewitness to the incarnation, to God himself taking on human skin. And because the Apostle John was there from the beginning and because he took care of Jesus' mom, he was firsthand to everything. And so to encourage us, all of us as Christians, he writes the Gospel of John. He writes letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And lastly, he writes the New Testament book of Revelation. John knew Jesus personally. He knew Jesus' mother. Once we understand this, what John writes takes on a whole new meaning. And so... This is a Christmas text that we too often overlook. 
And so listen to these words from 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Now, I'm sure it was Mary that told John and Matthew and Mark and Luke all the details of Jesus' birth, of how it all happened. She, she helped write it down for us so we could get the facts straight. Mary and Joseph were living in Nazareth. They were engaged to be married. All kinds of drama surrounded their engagement. Angels appeared. Mary comes up pregnant. An angel finally appears to Joseph. He says, don't be afraid. God knows right where you are. Trust him. Take Mary home as your wife. So she's pregnant. And as you know, the father of this child, the angel says, is God. So, Joseph decides not to divorce her quietly. He takes Mary as his wife. They're now facing the swirling gossip of all of the townspeople of Nazareth and, and pregnant and not married. And in the middle of all that, the attention of everybody in the town is suddenly totally shifted. The message has come from the ruling elders in Nazareth. There's a new law, a new edict that has just come from Rome. It affects both Mary and Joseph. Neither one of them can now stay in Nazareth because the Roman law decrees that both of them have to travel to Bethlehem for an empire-wide count, a census that is now required by the Roman government. Can you see Mary sitting around a simple table telling Matthew and Mark and Luke and John about how everything happened? We don't know all the details, but today I want to invite you to take a journey beyond the text, and let's relive some of the deep emotions that I'm sure were present surrounding the birth of Jesus. I'm sure at first that Joseph protested greatly to Mary. He probably wanted to appeal for a waiver to this long, hard, out-of-town trip so far away from home. Can you see them standing in the center of that humble Nazareth home that Joseph has been working on? Mary says to Joseph, Joseph, don't you remember what the angel said to me? Joseph marvels at her faith, and he replies, yes. Yes, he said to us, don't be afraid. And what did he say to you, Joseph? The very same thing. Then we should not be afraid, says Mary. He, she continues, besides Joseph, I've been listening to the scriptures in the synagogue. The rabbi does not know how eagerly I've been listening. There are prophecies, Joseph, about the Messiah. Yes, the prophecy is that he is to be born in Bethlehem. Have you forgotten, Joseph? Joseph gasps all of a sudden. 
what he had learned in Hebrew school came flooding back into his mind. The messianic prophecy found in the book of the prophet Micah, chapter 5 and verse 2. Standing there in that dirt Palestine floor in Nazareth so long ago, Joseph found himself quoting out loud the same passage of Scripture given to King Herod. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler that will be the shepherd of my people, Israel." Joseph's eyes grow wide. Mary, it confounds me to realize, to realize that God sent an empire-wide census just to get us to Bethlehem. Mary looked at Joseph and asked again, should we be afraid, Joseph? No, Mary, we will obey the Lord. Let's get our stuff ready. We're going to Bethlehem. And so they set off, traveling south. It's a difficult journey, 75 miles from Nazareth in the north to Bethlehem in the south. It's Mary's ninth month of pregnancy, and Joseph tries to be ever so careful as Mary rides the family donkey. Mile after mile they travel. Often they stop to rest. What drives them on is not just the fact that they have to register to pay taxes. What drives them on is a sense of mission. God is calling them to serve. They're playing a part in fulfilling the story that God is writing on the pages of history, fulfilling the plan of Almighty God. And that same God that they serve reminds us that we are to live out God's story in our community today. We're to offer people all around us a peace that they can see and touch. If we had been there, we could have seen the story unfold. We could, have, we could have touched Mary and Joseph as the story unfolded. Can you hear Mary telling the details of this to Matthew and to Luke? It was a long trip. They passed through Jerusalem, traveling south. They finally arrive in Bethlehem. Right after they get there, Mary begins to experience some labor pains. Joseph goes down motel row. He pleads with innkeeper after innkeeper, but it's such a very busy season with the taxation. There, is, there are absolutely no rooms left, no place for them to stay. Mary's plight worsens, so Joseph becomes desperate. Finally, he bargains for a small, clean place in the back of an inn in a stable. It, it isn't elegant. It isn't, certainly isn't fancy, but it is here that the eternal life from heaven happens. The apostle John puts it like this. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. God the Father is about to reveal God the Son. The second person of the Trinity is about to enter the bloodstream of humanity in a stable in Bethlehem. Joseph moves quickly. He, he makes a bed of straw, and then he lays several blankets over top of it. He, he now gently helps Mary off the family donkey, and by now her breathing is heavy. Immediately she lays down. Joseph gets some heated water from the innkeeper's wife, and through her labor he prays and he holds her hand. 
For every woman here who has had a baby, you know (laughs) the pain is severe. In many ways, Joseph feels so helpless. He doesn't know exactly what to do, but at last the time arrives, and together they bring Mary's firstborn child into the world. And when Jesus gives his first cry on planet Earth, Joseph is on his knees. Long before this moment, Mary has carefully torn some strips of cloth, and so Joseph carefully and gently wraps Jesus in his first earthly garment, these swaddling clothes. Joseph lifts baby Jesus adoringly in his arms, and and as he is looking into the infant's eyes, Joseph is deeply moved. He, He really feels it for the first time. He is going to have the responsibility of being a father. Can you see Joseph holding baby Jesus? Jesus seems to smile up at him, and as he begins to whisper to Mary's newborn son, Joseph may have said something like this, Jesus, I've been thinking about you for a long time, and now you're here. I've got some gifts I really want to give you. I, the first thing, Jesus, is a, is a warm house. I'm not talking about just bed and some blankets. I'm talking about, about warmth, about real love. Because I want you to know that I loved you, Jesus, just as if you were my very own. Another gift I want to give you, Jesus, is a family. A family that will stick with you through thick and thin. There's a lot of people who may try to harm your life, but in your years growing up, Jesus, I promise I will do everything I can to protect you. Another gift I want to give you, Jesus, is deep faith. God is your heavenly father. He has some awesome plans for you. He is your real father, and in time, you will learn that. And looking into the eyes of Jesus the first night, I can see Joseph whisper, my special, special son. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's love. And who knows, you're so exceptional, maybe someday the world might just celebrate this night as special. You are bringing peace that we can see and touch. Well, Mary had finally gone to sleep, and Joseph laid baby Jesus down to sleep in his first bed. It was a simple food box that the donkeys and the cows ate from, a a manger that Joseph had quickly filled with some fresh air. It had the smell of being sweet and and clean. For Joseph, however, sleep was absolutely impossible. (laughs) His mind, his soul was way too excited to rest. He he paced kind of like a march around the stable, and then he would stop regularly to see that Mary and Jesus were still breathing, and they did quite naturally. But there was an excited glee in Joseph's spirit, a spring in his step, His only regret is that he didn't have anyone to talk to. As he paced, the thing that baffled Joseph was that God had sent no further sign to them. Such a long time had passed while Mary carried her baby. It had been such a long time with no reassurance from any angel. Nine months since the angel Gabriel had spoken to Mary in Nazareth. Months since the dream message had come to Joseph that he should take Mary as his wife. 
So day after day, Mary and Joseph had kept their faith, living out God's story in their community. But would God allow his special son, the Messiah, to be born without some kind of demonstration? This was the child waited for by the world. But where were the angels? Joseph expected an angel. Gabriel had come to Mary. Gabriel had come to him. Joseph listened, but all he could hear was the sleepy bleat of a stray lamb outside the stable door. Then suddenly, Joseph heard the low, muffled sound of some strange voices. He heard shuffling feet, and at the entrance to the stable, he heard the knocking of a staff on the stable door. He was concerned that Mary would be awakened and the baby might be disturbed. And so he hurries toward the door. He opens it and he puts his finger warningly to his mouth. One man held up a lighted candle and Joseph saw a group of bearded faces staring at him. Peace, he said. This is no time to make noise. The Lord be with you, returned one of the men in a low voice. We have not come to make trouble. Well, who are you then? asked Joseph. Well, we're shepherds. They replied, from the hills outside this town, we have been keeping watch over our flocks tonight. But the hour is late, insisted Joseph. He would have closed the door, but the speaker held up his staff. Wait, we have one question, sir. Has a child just been born in this place? A look of amazement spreads across Joseph's face. Yes, yes, a child has been born here. Only a little while ago? True, said Joseph, within the last two hours. Low exclamations of praise came from the bearded mouths of this small group of common shepherds. They turned and they patted one another on the back, and one of them whispered, it is true then. The first speaker laid a kind hand on Joseph's shoulder. Tell me, sir, it is, a, is it a man-child? It is, said Joseph. And could it be possible that you have laid the child in a manger? Yes, answered Joseph. He felt the tears begin to gather in his eyes. There was no cradle. The town was overcrowded. There was nowhere else that I could take my lady. Well, then God be praised, murmured the shepherds. Listen, man, cried one shepherd as he lifted his staff. We five men have just seen a marvelous sight. It was an unbelievable sight, and it has to do with you. A marvelous sight? Unbelievable? Hope begins to spring within Joseph's thought. Maybe God would announce the birth of his special son. Believe this thing that we're about to tell you, said the shepherds. We were all keeping watch over our flocks tonight, minding our own business. The night was clear. The air was cool. The stars were bright. Everything was as usual. Suddenly, our conversation was interrupted, and we looked up into the sky. The other shepherds nodded. And as we looked up, there was a great, bright light in the sky. The shape was like that of an angel, bigger than all the world. And I heard a voice. We all saw the light. They chimed in. The speaker continued, yes. And then we all distinctly heard that mighty voice from the sky. Well, what did the voice say? Asked Joseph eagerly. Well, it told us not to be afraid. Yes, yes, yes. He always starts that way, said Joseph. <laughs> the shepherd continued. 
And then the angel said that he brought us good news, news of great joy. He said the news would be for all the people of the world. The words, how can we ever forget them? He said, today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, Christ, the Lord. Christ, the Messiah, whispered Joseph, born in the city of David. It must be the angel Gabriel. Yes, the angel. He told us that the child was being born right here in this town and that we would find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Another shepherd pushed forward and declared, and then you could never imagine what happened next. The whole heaven seemed to open up and the curtain, the stars were split like a tent. Through the opening in the sky, we saw thousands, thousands of angels, a great multitude of the heavenly host. They seemed to fill the entire sky and they were all singing at the top of their voices. And do you know what they're singing? They were singing? Another shepherd chimed in. The most beautiful song you've ever heard. They sang, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest on the earth, peace, goodwill toward men on whom his favor will rest. And then the shepherds seemed to lose their tongues. The sound of their own story seemed to overwhelm them and quiet them down. They were very ordinary men, strong but at the very bottom of the social ladder. They were very, very common. The leader lowered his lantern and he sighed deeply. Of course, <laughs> we can't expect you to believe all of this. But then his eyes flashed open. And he looked straight at Joseph. He declared, but it is true, man. We saw it. We heard it. It's true. And by this time, tears were streaming down Joseph's cheeks. He, he believed them utterly. In the city of David... The angel Gabriel had come. Well, the shepherds went on to tell how they had forsaken their sheep and how they had run into town and every dark stranger on, on the streets that they saw, they questioned, where could they find a newborn baby? Was there a baby that had just been born? Had anyone heard? And as they went from house to house and from inn to inn, they finally came to the right one and the innkeeper had told them, well, yeah, there's a couple about to have a baby out in the barn and he had sent them to the stable and there they stood. Joseph received the shepherds with open arms. One after another, he hugged them as only a man welcoming special messengers can, uh, can hug. This was the sign. God had sent his son. He motioned, and on tiptoes they followed Joseph as he led them inside the stable. He guided them past Mary's bed of straw, and he led them toward the manger. It was a reverent sight, an event in human history never to be forgotten. The scene sits on so many people's mantles throughout the world. The common and very ordinary shepherds were the first ones who came and knelt and prayed before the Christ child. I'm sure there were tears streaming down their face. They had finally found him. He was peace that they could see and touch. So here's my question for you today. Do you need peace? Maybe you're a parent trying to raise a child. 
Maybe you're one of those people who sits in traffic every day. Maybe you don't feel like you can know anything for sure. Maybe you desperately want something, but you can't seem to get it. Maybe you need comfort. Or in your life right now, maybe you just need a genuine, fresh dose of joy. Maybe you've been listening to the wrong voices that are instructing you. Maybe you feel uncertain. You wonder about the future. Maybe you need your life to turn around. Maybe you need your marriage or to be saved or a relationship to be salvaged. You're here today in this great church. Maybe you're listening by webcast, but not by accident. Jesus is right there beside you. He knows you. He knows all about you. And here's the great news. He loves you so much more than you know. And at this moment today, he wants to offer you peace. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Don't ever let your heart be troubled. Don't ever be afraid. All it takes is a prayer of faith. Would you bow your heads? All you have to pray is your heart is something like this, Jesus, I, I need your peace. <laughs> I want your peace inside of me. I don't want to have a troubled heart. I don't want to have an anxious heart. I don't want to have a heart that is gripped by fear anymore. I want a peace that will stay with me. So in this Christmas, in a fresh new way, I want a peace that I can see and touch. There's a simple song that we sing about peace. It goes like this. The words are there on the screen for you to look at if you don't know it. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Let's sing it as we close this service and make this a prayer in your heart. Peace, peace, you know 
the heart of every person that's listening or watching by webcast. You know, every person that's in this room today. You know, our fear and our troubled meter. On a scale of 1 to 10, you know whether our heart isn't troubled and we're not afraid. Or you know if we're in the 5 or 6 or 7 category most all the time. I pray that you would remind us that at this Christmas season, you are the Prince of Peace. And I pray at this Christmas time that every single person here will learn to turn their hands, palms down to you and drop in your lap what they should not control. And may the anxiety go away. May the troubled heart disappear. And may the Jesus that promised peace and the advent that changed the world May that be with us all month long. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we offer all of our prayers. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.